It's great to be on another Look Again podcast. Excited to be here. Excited to hang out with y'all, share some knowledge, spread some truths. That's right. Welcome again to another podcast. Thanks for tuning in again, you all you fine cats and kittens. I don't even know what to say after that, but thanks for listening. Meow. Word. All right. Well, here we are again. We had something we've been pondering about for a while, and it's something we all experience at some point in our lives, whether it be through others or through you know, our own experience. We want to talk about death and dying and something we've been thinking about for a bit. We are not saying we're professionals or we have experience with it, but we are interested in it and we're interested on what the conversation will bring and, you know, what you guys think and what you guys think about our conversation. And yeah. So, yeah, I agree. How about we start off with, you know, a simple question, something like, like, what do you think death is? How do you define it? Sweet. Yeah. Who wants to start that? Yeah. Who wants to go first? I mean, I know I had a, as a child, I had a lot of uh, different views on what death was, but uh, thankfully we had a great teacher, Uncle Will, who gave me the understanding of death that I have now. At first I thought it was like a very horrible thing, the angel of death and da 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 but, you know, our uncle was like, no, death is an angel. It takes you away from pain and leads you to the everlasting bliss that our souls uh, get united with, with that universal oneness. Um, and it takes, yeah, it just takes you away from pain, man. And, you know, there's a misconception that death has like a black shroud over him and has a sickle and, you know, puts that sickle in you and, you know, takes you to that unknowing. But, it's really uh, taking you back to that universal oneness that back to self, man. And that's the way that I look at it. And the way that we saw him transition, uh, I know that that's really uh, what it is. Yeah. I know I always thought death was like that universal reset button. You know what I mean? Like um, your soul is infinite. Like your soul is going to be here forever. Like that energy can't really go anywhere or be destroyed or dissipate. So like, you know, you come to earth, you learn your lessons, you spend some time here, it ends, you hit the reset button, you come on back, you carry over some of the things that you learned with you from the past experience, you live it out again, you shed your skin, like you shed your body, you come on back. And I think you just keep repeating that process until you learn all the lessons that you have to learn. And uh, you get everything you need to get out of being a human being. And you figure out how to, I mean, I, I mean, nobody really knows what the what life is all about or what it means. But I think part of it is about um, experiencing and um, figuring out how to, to get, become a part of that union that you have with like that universal oneness. And I think that's when you can kind of stop the cycle. You know what I mean? But until then, I feel like you got to keep coming back. Death keeps hitting that reset button. So you can come back and learn the lessons you have to learn or repeat the lessons that you didn't get right in the first time around. What about you, David? What do you think death is? I mean, I feel like if I said stuff, it, I'd basically be repeating what Ali and I'm going to say. You know what I mean? I think we have very similar thoughts on that. So what's your perspective? Yeah, and I, I guess the reason why you guys come from similar thoughts is because you have the same background of who you took inspiration from. So Uncle Will, bless his heart. So, I mean, honestly, I kind of feel in line with that. I. I feel like it has morphed over time. I don't think I always believed in reincarnation and like we are, our souls are internal and we come back and we, we have lessons to be learned and we take on karmatic uh, situations 
to learn new things and develop our soul in general. And like, I think death is a transition to the other side in which we are originally from. I think we are more used to being in that world than we are in like this world or like embodied. I I think our souls are used to be not embodied in a different realm or dimension or like, I don't even know what to think of it, but it's like a, like a spirit world, something beyond being contained to something. But I do believe that like we are able to come back in human forms. I do believe we're able to come back in like a natural form or like even to be an alien. Like I think we can come back as anything in which the karmatic lessons we want to learn are. And that's a pretty heady to say too, but you know, I don't believe like when we die, it's just like YOLO. We we're just in and out, you know, it seems so pointless, but I feel like it's also hard to have, the mind try and decide because it's like the living mind is trying to decide what we do with the after mind. And I I don't know. It's like really hard to, to find out what we do, but I do feel like there is a family of souls, like a organization of, of souls in the, in the other world that vibrate and do their thing. And they, they do this work on like a deeper cosmic level. So Yeah. I remember you put us on with a book that talked about the bardo, like when we first met. I may be pronouncing it wrong, but could you uh, expound on that? Because that resonated with me so much when I listened to it on uh, Audible. Yeah. Michael Newton, Journey of Souls is his book. And dude, I read that book like a couple of years ago. I've read it like three times. It's still such a huge part of my understanding or would I resonate with how I see death and dying and transition? He was like a hypnotherapist. I think I've said this before on the podcast, but like just to make sure we know, cause this is what he talks about is like death and like transition, but he was a hypnotherapist and he was hypnotizing people to like not be afraid of in water or stop smoking, stop drinking, you know, get healthier lives or just change patterns. And he found out that some people would go super, super deep into hypnosis and would find a place that isn't always accessible through the like normal conscious mind, but through the unconscious mind, he was able to have these people describe a place of souls that he was learning that was the afterworld, the bardo. So when we say bardo, it's a Buddhist term for the afterlife. So he was like transmitting messages through these souls in the bardo. And it was just wild because he would talk about how, you know how people talk about halos? All a halo is is like the glow of your aura. So they would talk about how like Jesus had a halo and it's like his aura was so fucking bright that you saw what looked to be a halo. You know, like when people look like they're glowing, their aura is just vibrating. It's like Rick James and Charlie Murphy, right? The first time Charlie Murphy saw Rick James, he could see his aura. <laughs> he thought it was a halo, but it was his aura. That's right. So it's like... He would also talk about the different colors that they would be. So different colors of auras would mean different positions of where you are in your soul growth. And he talked about like soul families and really wild stuff. And it like blew my fucking mind. And so it was very in line with the Buddhist thought. And that's kind of like where a lot of my study of research and death and dying and the book of Tibet book of the dead and all that, like very how to die. We're living 
we're living a life to like prepare for death. So it's like setting our intentions. But what did you get out of it? What did you think? I honestly agree with you. Like, I know this isn't our first time rocking together. Uh, I think that you are with your soul groups. You find them. And, you know, in the afterlife, the people that greet you and make you feel comfortable when you do transition are those people that are in your soul group. And they help that transition come with more ease uh, just because, you know, you all are together. You've always been together. You will always be together. And I totally agree with what the book was saying in regards to when you do transition, that is where you're going to the Bardo or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely don't think you come in alone. Like when you, when you incarnate, like after you've died and you come back, like I definitely think you come back in the same groups because there's definitely people that you meet and you meet them, but you feel like you've known them your entire life and you probably have known them your entire life, but not like in your one physical human existence life, but in like the life of your soul. Like you've known this person throughout many incarnations. So I think that's like that comfortability factor that you come back with when you meet those people and you just instantly click with them because you know that you've known them and you don't really know it, but subconsciously and energetically you can feel that you connected with this person before on some other plane. So I definitely think you come back with, with the same groups. Like there might be some people that filter in and filter out, but I feel like you're like, you always saying like your soul group kind of stays the same throughout all your incarnations after you die and you come back. One of the coolest things I thought about that book was, you know, he goes and he's, he's checking out these people. And when he's doing these past life regressions, everyone keeps mentioning, you know, after they die, like either their body leaving or going towards the tube or the tunnel. Right. You know what I mean? So that they're going to this world and they see the friendly faces and it's easier for them to understand. Oh, right. I am dead. And my favorite part was how it's like, then you like getting like your look study group, you know, and you like go through what it the was. Council that, of souls. Yeah, right. Yeah. And you, and you go through like what it was that you, had experience and what you're working on. And then it, I, I remember it. I don't know if I'm, if I'm, I'm picturing this cause I've read this a little while ago, but it's like, it was almost like he was look like the person's like looking at monitors of options of where he was going next. And then like, he could pick a, a person that was a, a wealthy family in New York. So he could be a pianist. He wanted to be a musician or you could go and be this family who wasn't as wealthy, but then his music would have like more heart and soul because of the struggles that he experienced. And he could go and he picks like, like not only do you study and analyze what you, what you just did in your past life, plus remembering all your other past lives. So it's like, wow, I was supposed to work on this, this life. I still screwed up in that. Now let me pick the the family group and the, like the experiences I'm going to have. So I can learn, finally learn this lesson in, in progress more. I just thought, Oh, it's a great book, super powerful. So you guys are talking about this moment where they, like when you pass, then you go through a tunnel and then you are met with like an ecology of souls. And the amount of souls that meet you on on the other side kind of depend on where you're at as a soul being because of yourself. Because if you're an, an old soul, as they like to say, and you have done this before not your first you know like carnation and you've you have done a lot of work you can go back to that world through the tunnel and then you only find like your uh your high-ranking teacher and then they escort you to the council like you were saying so there there's like this higher soul council it's a judgment a lot of like passing stories always end in like a judgment 
you know? And I've always found that to be super interesting because there's this like connection between what happens after. And it's always this like, then you will be judged. You know, your actions will be looked at, you know, like on a timeline, if you're like scrolling through video, it's like, oh, well, look at the moment where you kind of fucked up. Let's look at this moment where you had massive amounts of heart and you really showed up, you know, this is what we're trying to promote. And so it's like everyone is like taking in with unconditional love and judged upon their actions. And I've always found that like, like, damn. (laughs) I mean... That kind of takes me back to the diagram uh, in Egypt where people getting judged with the feather and the heart where, you know, back in the day before, you know, money could buy you into heaven uh, in Egypt where it was just your merit and the way that you lived, your karma and all that stuff. I think that it really speaks volumes in regards to why people were trying to live in a righteous manner just for the simple fact that when that judgment did come that they could walk into the pearly gates of heaven and not have anything to fucking worry about for the simple fact that they know how they lived on this earth and i think that that's why a lot of people to this day to this day get scared of death for the simple fact that you know they haven't been living righteously they haven't been you know, loving to their brothers and sisters. They haven't been, they've been selfish and living for themselves. And, you know, that's why I think a lot of people are scared of death because they know they are going to get judged or they may not know, but, you know, inherently something is letting them know that they don't want to die because they are going to get judged. And that is one of the reasons why I think most people get scared of it. But, you know, once again, going back to our teacher, he looked death in the goddamn face and he, when all his uh, loved ones were in the room with him, he told the nurse, like, take this motherfucking oxygen mask off me. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to transition because he knew he almost made it there in the past. But that universal energy was like, well, who the fuck you bringing with you? You know, you're a high dude. You're a high conscious person. But who are you bringing with you this time? When he made it up there, he was like, man, take this motherfucking mask off of me because I already know I have a whole bunch of people coming with me and that I've that I've elevated their consciousness. And my heart is balancing out with that feather. You know what I mean? Because karmatically, I've done the right thing on this incarnation and I'm ready to transition. So, you know, I think that the Egyptians had it right in the beginning where, you know, it is your merit that gets you to that higher level, that higher consciousness, that higher being, you know, where I, I guess it was like the Pharisees. I, I don't I don't really know history like that, but where they came in and you could buy yourself into heaven and it became gold was a, was on the scale with your heart. And I think those people, even though they may have given a whole bunch of gold to be able to make their way into the heavens, they knew that they didn't want to die because they knew that their hearts weren't right. You know, that feather was going to outweigh their heart. And I think that that's why our teacher was ready to go because, you know, he knew his merit and what he's done on this plane and, you know, what his impact did on, you know, people on this plane. Totally. Yeah, they they weigh the, the heart to the feather of truth. So it's like 
like the integrity that you had through your life. And it, again, it's judgment, being judged. But this time it's with a feather of truth. You know, before I brought all that up, I was just thinking about how like when I was younger, I was definitely afraid of death. You know what I mean? Like it was something scary. The concept is like that not knowing and... How old were you when you when that became a realization? That well, I was afraid of it? Yeah. What was the age when you were just like, oh shit, we're going to die? I, you know, I don't think it was as much as like, oh shit, I'm going to die as much of like, like almost like, that's what I wanted to speak of because I felt like it was almost like a brainwashing. You know, it was almost like, you know, like Atman said, like this, this bony character in this black shroud with a sickle you know what i mean like this the symbol that they created of death and they kept drilling and beating into my head as a child and i'm assuming most of our listeners probably y'all as well you saw that image and that's scary that's creepy and i almost came to me while i'm just listening to y'all like thinking like i feel like that was a tool you know that was a tool to instill fear to limit what our real possibilities are because i feel like when you start thinking about death in the way that I think the majority of us, you know, on the podcast think, and and I'm sure a lot of some listeners too who who look at death in the more positive light, and it is this transition, and he's like, like Uncle Will would always say, like death is my homie, you know what I mean? Like, and understanding it that way, I think that's that's so liberating, you know, that like not worrying about dying and like fear is almost non-existent then. Like, what could you possibly be afraid of if you're not afraid to die? You know, like when I go places and people are like, oh, wow, I can't believe you went there. You weren't afraid? Like, no, what's, what's going to happen when I'm going to die? I can't die. I'm infinite, you know? But if they're brainwashing you and teaching you from a young age, that, oh man, watch out for death and look how creepy and evil it is. And hey, there's only one, this is your only go round. And then stuff like I'm the same. It's like, you better do good. So everyone's like, fuck, I ain't been doing good, man. When I get judged, this ain't going, this ain't going to go right. You know what I mean? So like if they're putting that concept of death in, and I feel like that's kind of what they were doing. Like they almost didn't want us to know that death is our homie and death is helping us to help us grow and, and continue to evolve and, and to move on. You know what I mean? That instead it was, it's almost like that thing of you look at death as it's limiting or liberating. I lean more towards it. He's the homie and liberating. I just, I wonder where that came from. Like, like I'm saying, he, he didn't know, I'm not a history buff either about, you know, wh- where did they start making death to be like that? Like this evil, creepy, grim reaper figure, you know, where the hell did that come from? Yeah. I think a, a lot of the, the fear of death is like the permanence of it or like the portrayed permanence of it. If you're led to believe that you you're in, you're, you're born in this world, however much time you get to spend here, you spend it here and then you're judged no matter what type of situation you're born into, whether you're born with a silver spoon in your mouth, whether you're born broke, whether you're born into an abusive house, whether you're born into the perfect household, like you're judged on your time here and you spend the rest of eternity either in a great place or in a terrible place because of how you spent your time here. And it's, and it's eternity. So it's permanent. I think, I think that leads to a lot of the fear. I think once you see death as a transition, like it's like a, okay, well, I'm infinite. Like I'm universal. I'm gonna be. I'm. A, I've been around forever. I'm gonna be around forever. And death is just like taking me on to the next adventure. I think that takes a lot of the fear out of it because, I mean, just imagine for someone who's raised in a way that's that's like, okay, well, every decision you make is putting a tally on the good side or on the bad side. And if all your tally, if you have more tallies on the bad side than on the good side, you're gonna go to a terrible place for the rest of eternity. Like no matter like 
some of the kids we work with in HLF, like they've been dealt a really shitty hand and like they're doing what they have to do to survive. But in a, a narrow minded, like dogmatic religious way that people would look at their lives, people would say that you're doing bad, you're doing bad, you're doing bad. And if they chose to believe that, they would be led to believe that like, well, because of the decisions that they made, they will spend eternity in a terrible place. And that's just the way, and it's, and it's permanent. Like there's no, there's no like, well, you can earn your way out of this in a lot of, and I'm just talking about in certain, in certain ways that people see life and death. Like it's just a permanent place that you are. And, and that's the end of it. So I think he was saying that it's very liberating. It's very freeing to see death as something that's like a, it's like a transition phase. Like you're transitioning from one incarnation to the next and you're not going to spend like, like, don't get me wrong. If you're, if you're a shitty person, your entire incarnation, I think the way you go out and the, and the way that your energy is when you go out, like, I think you spend some time at that, at that vibration when you, as you're in your transition period, like, I don't think like you can be a terrible person your whole life. And as you transition, you're going to go to this beautiful place. And, but I don't, I don't think there's the permanence of it. I think you, like you, you burn off, like whatever karma you pick up in this incarnation, you burn it off, whether it's good or bad. And then you come back. So I think it's, it's still that impermanence of death. So like, you know, that this isn't the only incarnation that you're going to have. This isn't the only person that you're going to be. It's that it's like, okay, I'm, I'm here. I learn, I move on. I'm here. I learn, I move on. And that's just the cycle that you continue to repeat. And I think you can take the fear out of it when you take the permanence out of it. Yeah. And one thing to, to note too, is like one way of thinking about death is not being weighing the feather to the heart or, like seeing a glowing souls of counsel judge you or something like that. But like people think of heaven and hell, you're either going to like ascend up or you're going to ascend down. And this is like something that you're met with right after you pass. So this is, I think hell, the idea of you going to hell is a fear instilling sort of mechanism to make you decide on good things. And sometimes the things that they say are good that make you go up are not, you know, so it's very interesting to to kind of see how we were scared into the fact that oh you have to make you have to be a good person but what's what's interesting is sometimes being a good person in your eyes isn't to other people and you're going to hell and, and it's just like uh we're so looking through personal ways of viewing how we see or experience death in our lives we're not we don't have like this unified idea of what is happening. It's like, but in general, it's like, we're all going to like face it. And I think some of these thoughts are mechanisms to help us deal with it and, or forget about it. So we don't have to deal with it. And I think how, if, if we have the idea to learn how to deal with death and like face our mortality, then we are able to live a better life. I think if we are able to realize like when the person with the sickle, the shrouded ghostly figure comes to us and says, let's do it. And you're just like, I live a great life. Let's do it. You know, I also think understanding death and living a good life will make you understand what life is about you know, cause it, it is finite. There is an amount of time you're here that isn't forever. You will be a soul forever, but you will not be on this earth forever. Yeah. It's gotta be, it's gotta be a really shitty way to live when you're walking on eggshells to live your life a certain way that somebody told you to live it so that you can go to spend your, your eternity in some beautiful place that may or may not exist. 
Like, I feel like it's a more beautiful way to live your life and a more beautiful experience and incarnation if you live your life just to be a good person. You know what I mean? Whatever that is to you, like being a good person to me might be different than all three of you or any one of our listeners. But if I live my life the best way that I can, I feel like that's the best way to do it and not like step like stepping on eggshells or walking around this or trying to avoid this or avoid that uh, just because someone tells me that like, yeah, when you die, like this is what's going to happen and you're stuck there for eternity. And I think uh, some of the fear also comes around because like, I mean, we don't really know what the fuck happens when we die. You know what I mean? Like we can have feelings about it, but does anybody out there really, really know what happened? I mean, I, I feel like people have near death experiences, but some people might dismiss that or people might like the hypnotherapist you guys were talking about with the Bardo, like people could try to dismiss that. But I think it's still that unknown about death that, that scares a lot of people. Well, yeah, if, if you know about it, then you can't talk about it because you ain't here. So the only way to know is to go and to go is to not come back. As the great thespian Christopher Wallace said, if I die, fuck it, I want to go to hell because I'm a piece of shit. It ain't hard to fucking tell. I ain't trying to go to heaven with the goody goodies. I'm just joking. But um, that just kind of lets you know where people's mind were, like back in the early 90s, where, you know, a lot of negative influence was put into hip hop music from where it came from, from a very conscious place, trying to elevate people's consciousness. But I think that song was awesome. Tupac and Nas's song took it to another level with uh, Gangsta's Paradise, where it was talking about how beautiful heaven can be and all of the beautiful people that are that that is there and that is going to greet you there, like that quadre of souls, like, you know, Ella Fitzgerald and some of the other advanced musical souls. And, you know, I, I think that was a, a beautiful way to be able to let people understand that, like, yeah, you can still have fun in heaven, live the right life, and you know, get there and you never really understand or you won't understand until you get there how beautiful that party is going to be. I got a question for you. I was thinking about this. I was thinking about this. I think it's a question for, you know, all y'all and and our listeners too. And do you think that someone needs to have like an experience, like a personal experience or something that happens to them to make them feel differently about the concept of death. You know what I mean? I don't know if I'm explaining it very well. I just know like for me, like I think that I understood or I realized what death was for me when I had a dream with one of my dead buddies in it, you know, like, so I, I, I young as in high school, one of my buddies passed away, actually no, it was college. Travis passed away in college. And, and I remember, you know, years later having a dream with him in it and we're in my buddy Jay's truck. And I remember looking at Travis and I'm crying, you know, I'm crying my eyes out cause I miss him. You know, I mean, he was young, it was early twenties. And I'm like, yo, you know, this isn't fair. Like why they do this to you? And he's looking at me and he's just smiling. And he keeps saying, I'm good, Andy. I'm good. And I keep crying and looking at him, but no, I'm like, no. And I keep like making all these, like, like this is fucked up. Why, why is this not fair? And he just keeps saying, I'm good until I realize, Oh shit. Like, like I'm in a dream right now and I'm listening to you and you're saying this to me. And for me, having that experience made me feel like he's not dead. You know what I mean? That was a pretty intense experience for me. So I'm wondering, do you all think that you have to have 
one of those personal like experiences to have the feeling that, oh, there's more to this life? Or do you think one can just like read books on reincarnation or stuff like um, the journeys of the souls and stuff like that? Do, can you can you learn from this, hear other people's stories and you think that that's convincing enough? Or does one have to have this like life altering, you know, impactful experience that they have to make them think, oh, I don't just die and it's over? Yeah, I think it can go both ways. I think experiencing death, whether it's like through a family pet or a family member or a friend, like especially when you're young, I feel like that's when it gets super close. But I do feel like books and religion or or like spiritual kind of endeavors or, you know, dreams could really activate higher awareness of what it is and or what it could mean to you you know it can like redefine how you see it i mean even psychedelics even doing some psychedelics could even expand your mind in such a way that you you just get a little taste of you know because what else is going to make you dissolve completely and not feel embodied so once you stop feeling embodied then you're like whoa am i dead and like if you do heroic doses you ask yourself that am i dead and then you start breathing and you're like oh no i'm still breathing i'm still here uh, is there an experience that you personally had that you could put your finger on and say this is the moment where i was like people there's more than you know yeah my first one was a dream actually i woke up I just distinctly remember this because this is the first idea of like the bardo of like, oh, we're reincarnated because I didn't know what reincarnation was. But I remember waking up and I was seven and I was crying and my, my dad's like, what the fuck's wrong with you? And I'm like, I miss my like children because I was like a Black Panther. I, I just remember being a Black Panther in my dream and I had like three baby cubs and I missed them so much. And I just I remember chilling on a branch, like my fat paw just swaying. And I was like a female panther and I just I woke up and I was like, I want to see him again. My dad was like, what? So I've, I felt like my soul has been somewhere else. And that was the first time I felt that. But I've you know, that was the first like, oh, we're going to die. Yeah. But another huge, super impactful moment was like I took a, a spirit journey, like ayahuasca, uh, psychedelic trip, guided meditation thing over a night. And that was the closest to death I've ever been because I was like the morphing energetic pillars that are infinitely large and you are just a being of light passing. It just felt like an Alex Gray painting that was like fractally moving. And I just felt like I was moving towards like this... Um, higher connectivity and and that was like the closest i've ever felt <laughs> it was pretty wild and i it was just it felt so warm and like holding omnipresent it was all around me i was like in the middle no matter where i was and it was it's pretty good you know i i liked it i liked what it did to me but it was like super scary to feel that that's powerful that's real powerful so Atman, when when was like the first time you saw and or thought that death was a big thing you know like when did it become more alive to you i personally think it became really alive when i thought that ali and i were dead we were coming back from one of our buddies wedding and one of our buddies was driving for some reason the car while we were driving on the highway on like a very busy highway 
turn 300 or 180 degrees and we were riding down the highway backwards and we saw tractor trailers coming our way and there was no way that we would have survived that where sometimes I really question like, you know, am I alive? Am I, did I transition? And is this the next level of where I'm supposed to be at right now? Because like when we turned around, I don't know how we turned around. It was like a big gust of wind that turned our entire car backwards. And there was no way for us to avoid. Uh, it was like a tractor trailer, a dump truck, and another car in each of the three lanes where, you know, we all blacked out. And then next thing you know, we are, when we wake up, we're pulling over to the side of the road very softly and our car very gently hits the guardrail that's like on the right side of the road and you know we're not dead and I'm just like holy shit there is more to this life than you know these three dimensions because me and Ali should not be here right now you know what I mean and it really made me question reality and I still remember coming into the office and asking Andy, like, yo, do you see me right now? Like, it touched me, like, hit me in my stomach, you know, make, make me make me realize that I'm still here and that I'm not dead. And, you know, when I was still here, I knew that there was a lot more to our existence, to reality than these three dimensions, uh, because there's no way that me and Ali should be alive right now. And it still is inexplicable how we turned around 180 degrees and our car was still driving backwards. You know what I mean? And we did have drinks because it was one of our buddies' weddings, but that was a reality. I'm sure Ali can attest to this, but it really did have me questioning, you know, like I knew that we were here for a bigger purpose and that our time wasn't done. And somehow we survived that night. And it may sound weird and crazy and all that stuff, but that was a real experience that we had. Uh, Andy can attest to that too, because, you know, I really was like, yo, touch me, make sure I'm still here. I thought it was like some Beetlejuice shit, you know what I mean? But, you know, that was like my first experience in myself really feeling like, you know, I might not even be here right now. And, you know, it really made me, I guess, try to understand what is this existence about? Are we here for a bigger purpose? And if we are, is the universe uh, going to make sure that we're not checking out before our time is here? So, I mean, to me, that's my first experience with death. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Near death. Being near it, it's to know it, I guess, you know? Yeah. I was I was thinking about while you're saying that I'm I'm sure a lot of people have had some very near death experiences that have really redefined how they see it. I personally haven't, but you know, you did, you and Ali did. Ali or Andy, can y'all like back me up on this that people don't think I'm crazy saying what I what I just yeah, I said? Mean, the, the, I feel like the the craziest part was I, I feel like a couple crazy parts. One was when the car spun around backwards, all three of us, like nobody screaming or yelling. It was like that moment of peace or clarity. 
that I feel like all of us instantaneously had as there was like three cars barreling down the highway at us on a busy highway. You know what I mean? Like there were three cars barreling at us. Um, there was like an orangish glow between us and the cars that were coming at us. And then the weird thing, and it was just strange how all of us passed out at the exact same moment. And then um, as we, as the, like, as we all woke up at the, and it was weird because we all woke up at the exact same moment too. Uh, as the car was like drifting, like slowly and very gently drifting towards the guardrail to stop, like the highway was empty, which makes absolutely no sense because, you know what I mean? Like if you're, if you're going down the highway and you see a car spin around backwards and start going, like looking like it's about to crash, it seems like somebody would have stopped. Somebody would have done something, but uh, it was just weird how, like when we stopped the highway, there was literally no other cars on the highway. No one else was there. And we all passed out at the same time, woke up at the same time. It was a very strange experience, but it was something that happened. But I, I think one, like the, the the strangest part was that that moment of peace where I think everyone was, was okay with the fact like, okay, this is probably the end, but I mean, what are we going to do about it? I, I was definitely like, man, we're done. Like, you know, and like Ali said, definitely at peace. Definitely happy at what we did during our lifetime and was definitely sad just because of the people that we're leaving behind. But, you know, I was totally at peace. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, honestly, that doesn't sound like a very foreign thought. I've heard this sort of construct of a story from many people near death stuff where they're just like, I don't even know how I'm still here. I had this one moment. It's like, what? But here I am. You're like, I just remember it being all slow-mo and how did that not hit me or, you know, how did I make that it's so wild? I was thinking more along the lines of the near-death experiences, how, how um, you and you were saying that a lot of people, when they have those, that they're, when they recount the story, it's very similar to what Ali and I had gone through, you know, and when you had that experience and like you said, the, the, the freezing and the what the hell. And I mean, it's like, I said, I've known Abba for a long time. I have never seen his energy like that ever before the day he walked into the office. Like he was like, yo, am I a lot? Like you could tell he really thought he was dead, you know, and he was not happy about what had happened. And he was just like, you could see his brain was just like, what did I do? And just, huh? and, you know, like he was just all over the place. You know what I mean? Because he thought he he thought he was dead. You know what I mean? You could see that it was an extremely impactful situation that had happened to them. And I was just thinking of when, you know, you read books about, you know, these past life regressions or this, the, you know, the NDEs and stuff like that, how it's very, very common for people to have those experiences and to see those same type of things, the lights, the slow down. I think it's very interesting. You know what I mean? Who knows? Maybe Ali and Atma really are just dead and, me and you, David, are just talking to ghosts. Ooh. Hell yeah. These ghosts are powerful, man. So, I mean, yeah, you started two businesses with these guys, too. You just got a ghost company. So we're, we're talking about, like, death. We've sort of touched on, like, what happens after you die, kind of ideas about that, and just our feelings about it. But what do you think is happening when we transition do you think we are able as you know this like new death person or like soul that is introduced to this thing do you think we go to another like dimension another place or do you think we have the ability to check in with our friends like andy you said something about your friend in a dream 
Do you feel like we are still able to show up or is that like your idea or did he come see you? You know, are we still around to people who are still living is kind of what I'm asking. Do you get a sense of that? Like, what do you think? I think it it depends. I think there's different scenarios. You know, I think there's times where certain souls do stick around a little longer. I think sometimes, you know, they stay here and they want, you know, it's, it's hard for them to get rid of that attachment towards like a loved one. Like, so I could imagine a couple that's been together for 60 years and their, their wife dies. Right. And, or the husband dies with either one of the, one of the couples dies and they have a chance to maybe see, they see the light or whatever, or they're good. Like we were talking about the Bardo, they're going to that other place and they could, they could go there and it's like beckoning for them to go there. But they're like, no, this is my soul person and I need to stay. And they, sit around i think this is just an opinion of mine i think they sit that that, that's a possibility you can sit around and stay here and just be with that person and watch that person because you have this connection with them or you can go away if you want to i don't know you know just thinking about now again you brought the question i I think that once you make that leap i don't know if you can then communicate back here once you're in the bardo world when you're like once you decided all right i'm kind of I've, i've left my body I'm leaving this area. I'm going into this area to figure out stuff. Cause I feel like once you get into the other area, that's when you remember your other lives. That's when you're like memory. When you come here, it's fresh new slates. That reset button, like Ali was saying, right? You, you hit it. You don't remember all that other stuff. You got to learn and hopefully you, you figure things out. So I don't know. I think that you can be here and communicate, but I think that once you do go to learn before you transcend again, then can't i don't know that makes sense <laughs> I, I i think just like you know what andy was saying but also like with that like obi-wan shit like you know when obi-wan got struck down by darth vader star wars reference where he became more powerful than he ever was in the physical realm to where he could touch loot on a whole different level like you know yeah he may have been in that bardo or, or whatever we want to call it, but whenever the person that he loved and he mentored and taught uh, needed some insight, that insight came flowing through through the teachings and through the lessons and through the energy that was created through the connections that was created on this uh, physical level. So you know, I think that you know, yeah, like after you do transition, you are on that other side or that other part of reality. But, you know, when you're needed or when you know that your student needs you, you're instantaneously there. Like there's, it's no time or space does not exist, you know, in death, you know, it's all one. So, you know, I think that you can connect with any of your lost ones your lost ones can connect with you, but, you know, they may have transitioned, but they're still here for you. You know, I, I feel Uncle Will every goddamn day, you know what I mean? Like, you know, he has transitioned, I think, maybe over a year now, maybe a year and a half or so. But, you know, I feel him closer to me and giving me insight more than ever. It may just because he did that joppa, 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 repetition, repetition, repetition you know, all the time. And, you know, I can hear him when I'm going through certain things or it might be just him really sending me that energy, that insight 
that I need in those specific times. You know what I mean? So George Lucas was a genius, man. He 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 told us that, you know, when he gets struck down, like shit, you become more powerful than ever. I always felt like when you transition or like after you finish in the physical and you go wherever you go, it was always like a vibrational thing, like an energy thing. If you spent your life doing good things, you go to a higher vibration, um, a place where like there is a lot of good energy, a lot of good souls that you may have interacted with or had a um, similar like life interest with. But like if you spend your if you spend your life being like a, a cruddy motherfucker, like if you're a terrible person in your life, you go to a lower vibration and you do your time there. I don't again, I don't think it's permanent. I think it's just until you burn off your karma, whether it's good or bad. Uh, you spend your time in those places and uh, it may be a dimension. It may be an, an energetic plane. It may be like time and space in one of the chakras. Like I, I'm not sure exactly how to describe it, but I think it's just the the way that you live your life depends on the time you spend in transition before you come back. So it could be, a, it could be a good higher vibration. It could be a kind of negative lower vibration, but again, it's, it's, it's impermanent. It's just a, a time for you to, um, Again, I think it's it's still another learning period, whether it's a more negative, lower vibrational learning experience or a higher vibrational, more positive learning experience. But it's just it's just how you spend your time in between your incarnations, because I think you, you keep coming back. What was the number that Uncle Will said of incarnation? I, mean, it was a, when, when, I remember we were talking about the number of incarnations you do naturally, and it was a ridiculously high number. I, I wish I could remember, but uh, he used to always throw it out there. But he was like, you know, I mean, you can speed up the process of your incarnations the closer you get to your light and the closer you get to becoming unified or becoming one with your true self. So I think it's just one of those things like you can you can speed up the process. You can passively let the process happen. But we're all moving towards union, no matter what you're doing throughout your incarnations, whether it's it's good or it's bad or you just kind of living and, and you just you just kind of going with the flow. You're moving towards union with your true self. Uh, whether you decide to speed up the process, slow it down, or just let it naturally happen. Nice. Yeah. Oh, man, while you're talking, it was just, I was getting some really dope ideas. So it's like the idea of frequency, the human life can only experience a certain spectrum of like all that is, you know, when we, when we take photos of the universe and it's like gamma ray, x-ray, we can see things that like we normally can't because of the frequency band in which we exist in. Like dogs can hear a whistle that we can't because of the frequency band it exists in. And Ollie, when you're talking, you're talking about like burning off your karma and like the frequencies and then all of a sudden i started thinking about like in buddhism they have what's called a light body or a rainbow body and when you become very enlightened you become a huge ball of light and you literally dissolve so you've become a you're not like part of the physical world anymore so it's like where the band of frequency of the physical world lies you are beyond that you turn into light you know and I just thought that was like pretty wild. And I do feel like when you pass away that you experience a different frequency that is always here, but now you are of that frequency. So it's kind of like a people like talk about like a, a radio, you know, it's like all the channels exist, but whatever one you're tuned into is the one that you're listening to. And so I feel like when you transition, it's kind of like you are the frequencies instead of like you are just listening to a certain band of frequencies. And so, 
Yeah. And like, if, if you think about it like that, then I do think that spirits or presence or like divine interventions can happen because they're like energetic calling card is I like to call it. They have your psychic phone number is another word I like to say. They know your number. They know how to call you up. They know how to be like, yo, what's up? Make that right instead of that left. Karma suggests, you know, it's like a karmatic Chinese cookie. <laughs> it's like, do that. I've been thinking like God is a frequency and also the space in which the frequency exists. Cause you can't, you need to have space to have frequency. But like, I think when we die, we just become a part of the frequency, but it's described as light. So I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's some wild stuff. And uh, I'm like, if, if any of our listeners have any more questions or whatever, just like post them up. Cause I don't feel like this conversation is done. This one feels like a big one. We didn't even go into ghost. No, yeah, I think we got to do this even more. This one, this we could talk about this again for a long time. I think. Yeah, this is like the never-ending, never-ending story. Yeah, the never-ending talk about the thing that makes you end. So, or it takes you to a new beginning. It doesn't make you end. It takes you to a new beginning, man. Perspective. I love it. You're so smart, Ali. I um texted him that right before we said it, David. <laughs> so it's me who's uh, ultimately the smart one. Just so everyone knows, that was Altman's quote through holly is the spirit of i tuned into his frequency and and sent him that on my spirit <laughs> on his spiritual phone number oh yeah so with that like you know thanks thanks for everyone listening and we'd love to hear your experiences and and or like ideas of what death means to you and you know blessings we love y'all and just understand that feathers coming to be weighed upon so Make good decisions. Definitely. And live life to the best of your ability, uh, to whatever curveballs get thrown your way. Try to make the best of it. Try to hit a home run with that. You like that baseball reference. And just know that, you know, if you don't get it this time, you'll get it the next time. Thanks for tuning in, y'all. It's always a great time hanging, chatting, sharing thoughts, thinking. I know that I already got a few extra wrinkles and, I'm excited to talk about this again because I definitely think that we have a lot more to discuss and things to go over. So tune in again. Look again, y'all. Look again. Yeah. Thank y'all for listening. And uh, be on the lookout for some big stuff coming from the Look Again podcast in 2021. We got some exciting guests coming up and we got some really um, exciting topics to talk about. Good point. We do. Yeah. Much love, everybody. Peace out. Love y'all. Be safe. Peace, Peace y'all. Thank you for listening to Look Again Podcasts. Please feel free to share this content with your friends and community. Also, please consider donating to our Patreon page. You can find us at patreon.com and search for Look Again Podcasts. Anything helps and we really appreciate your visit. Thank you so much.